All right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. We are in 2023, January 1st, 2023. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty, awesome God we serve. I feel my help. <laughs> we done made it into 2023, and I am so grateful. And thankful to God for all of his many, many blessings, allowing us to make it through 2022 into 2023. All right, so we're going to get started tonight. We are starting with our prayer watches. God placed it on my heart. I intended to do it on yesterday uh, to start with the prayer watches as we get into the new year. How many know that there is something about the power of prayer? And as we pray and seek God, I'm telling you, God is about to line some things up. He's about to do some things brand new. 2022 ended on the day of the Sabbath on Saturday, Saturday. And if God didn't send me any other confirmation that we need to have our services, our uh worship service on Saturday. I'm telling you, he used 22 to just nail that in. (laughs) All right. So anyway, 2022 ended on the Sabbath and 2023, as I was in my devotional earlier today, uh, Marsha Burns, you, you read Marsha Burns that, uh, daily. And she was bringing out the point that 2023, if you count up the numbers, two plus zero plus two plus three equals what? Seven. Seven being the number that reflects in the Hebrew Bible completion, the number of completion. And on the seventh day, God did what? He rested on the seventh day. On the seventh day, God has given us a year of respite, a year of completion. And when he had completed all that he had done, he said, it is good. It is good. So God is giving us a good year. (laughs) Mm -mm, Good. 2022, it feels like we went through so much, but that was the year of the flesh. The year of the flesh. God tested us in so many different ways, so many different ways. And I'm going to say not necessarily tested, but he exercised our gifts. He helped to cultivate us and we learned obedience through our trials and tribulations, just like Jesus did. But anyway, so we're going to do the prayer watches. So I want to share with you what the prayer watches are. And then I want us to, I'm going to do a, just a quick little um, overview on how we pray, how we pray. Now, here's the thing about prayer. Well, well, even before we get started, Heavenly Father, we just thank and praise you for this opportunity to come before your throne today, to come in front of your people, Lord Jesus. We just ask that you allow your Holy Spirit to have its way, have its way in our lives and our hearts and our minds and even in our souls as we attempt to walk in obedience to your will, Lord God, as we start out and be deliberate and very uh, methodical about 
how we enter into 2023. We want to enter in with praise and thanksgiving, and we want to enter in and your purpose and your perfect will. That's why we seek your face. That's why we ask for your ways. Amen. So we want to do this and we want to be very uh, methodical and intentional about how we seek you. And so we say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for even giving us a heart to want to come before you and seek your face and your righteousness and your direction. My God, we do not take for granted that you have set us apart. Now, Father God, we ask that you will use us, that you will allow this prayer time to be a benefit for those who are in our family, Lord God, those who are in this ministry, the the families that you are sending to this ministry, Lord God, we just ask that you will use us in a mighty way and that you will hear our prayers and our plea. Amen. 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 All right. All right. So what I wanted to do uh, was to just talk a little bit because I don't, I do not uh, want to take anything for granted. I don't want to take anything for granted when it comes to our knowledge or our understanding. We are forever learning. We are forever learning. And God began us on a journey last year to begin our chronological review of the Bible, and we are just nearing the end of Genesis. We are nearing the end of Genesis. We thought we would be further along by this time of year, but I'm telling you, we got to be more faithful this year, and we will be. And not so much as being more faithful, but even God slowed us down. You know, we were trying to rush some things, but he wanted us to have a clearer understanding. So, He helped us to kind of slow down so we can get it at a pace that we will get it, get it. Amen. So we are nearing the end of Genesis. And as God is taking us through that and laying the foundation for the ministry, for Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, God is doing this thing. And this this ministry is being built on the foundation, on the foundation of prayer on the foundation of prayer. So everything we do is about prayer. So I want to tonight just talk a little bit about the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that uh, Jesus gave his disciples when they asked the question, God, Father, tell us how shall we pray? They said, how shall we pray? And so he gave them a prayer And many of us have heard this prayer. Many of us have recited this prayer time and time again. And so, Mary, I'm going to let you go to... uh, I'm going to let you go to Matthew 6, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. I would let's read it in the in a, uh, King James version only because it is is more common to hear the Lord's prayer from the King James version. Okay, nine, nine through twenty-six. Yes, yes, yes. All right. <clears throat> After this manner, therefore, pray ye, 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed by thy name. Kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us for our debts as we forgive our uh, debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 And 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 why? Okay, keep going. Oh, to fourteen. Yeah, that was it. What did oh, I say? I'm, to sixteen. Uh uh-uh, uh no 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 I think I thought I said six Matthew six nine to thirteen okay. I think but anyway I probably I don't know and, and and one of the things too you might see to this eye but you're gonna see me I'm gonna be rocking I may close my eyes just so that I can kind of hear hear from God Amen so don't let it get you distracted I thought she was leaving <laughs> she went to get her blanket all right. But we need to commit this prayer to our memory. Now, remember, I am the one that I will tell you. A lot of times, I think that the enemy has us bound up in the church because people uh, uh, put a lot of emphasis on memorizing certain scriptures. Now, I believe that the letter of the law is written in our heart and there is power in the word of Jesus, in God's word, there is power in his word. But I do not subscribe to the ideal or the concept that you have to uh, be able to just be able to blurt out and quote scriptures. I believe that has gotten so many people so bound. I'm telling you, it's better to know the context of what, you, <laughs> what you're talking about in the scripture than to be able to recite uh, a scripture, although, and let me teach in in uh, balance. Although it is good to memorize scriptures, scriptures are very powerful, and to be able to quote the scriptures as it was written, it ensures that the word of God will not return to him void because we're not leaving it per se to our memory or our interpretation. We are quoting the word, but. This is a, a, a stronghold that I believe, especially in the African-American church, has gotten so many people bound that they feel like they need to show their uh, spiritual intellect by how many scriptures they have memorized and they need to show it by how many old hymns they know and, and that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Some folk that know the Bible frontwards and backwards ain't living like nothing and they ain't got no power and, and nothing. So anyway, so don't get hung up on that. That's all I want to say about that. But when it comes to the Lord's prayer, take some time to try to memorize that because this is the blueprint or the framework that Jesus gave his disciples in order to teach them the the way in which to effectively pray. So it is of significance and of importance. That does not mean that you have to prescribe your prayer 
to our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And that's the end of your prayer. No, that's not what it means. He gave the framework, meaning that he wanted you to understand the principles associated with the breakdown or the structure or outline of this prayer. Amen. So anytime we pray, we ought to have a structure or an outline similar to that. Uh, I don't know. I, I uh, Y'all know I'm in, in project management. So in project management, there are so many different um, uh, frameworks that are used for how you manage a project. But the, pro- the frameworks are not intended to be uh, prescriptive in the sense that you say you got to do step one, step two, step three, and not modify or customize it to what you actually need for your project. And that's why a lot of projects are not successful because they, they take the framework as literal versus having the autonomy or flexibility or agility to change it according to how they need it. So anyway, I wanted to say that, but I want y'all to commit these uh, scriptures to memory. I want you to learn it, to read it every day until you get it. One of the techniques my daddy taught me on how to, um, how to learn something uh, when when we were having spelling bees and learning things is is that on day one, day one, you write it down five times, five times, write it down uh, five times day one. And let's see if I remember this. Day two, day two, uh, you get the definition of what that word is. Uh, day three, I'm going to have to call one of my siblings to remember what we used to do on day three, but day four was the day of testing. And so by day four, you would know those words and you would be able to pass that that spelling test that comes on Friday. So day one is just getting the, the words, writing them down repetitively, repetitively writing them down. Day two, getting the definition, getting a clear understanding of what is it that I'm actually writing down. And day three, I'm just going to say, because I can't remember, is a repeat, repeat of day one. Rewrite, rewrite those words, write them down again. So they, and oh, oh, no, no, no. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. (laughs) I love having memories of my childhood. But anyway, so day one was you write them down five times each. Day two was you get the definition or clarity of understanding. Day three was you see how many you can write down without looking. Write it down. Your your goal is five to ten times uh, those words on a piece of paper. How many can you get without messing them up? And if you can't get them, then you do it until you can't get it. Five or ten times, right? So if we're looking at this scripture putting it into the right context, what I would do, if you do not know this scripture, I would repeat it five times, repeat it five times on day one, day, uh, and and write it down five times. So you repeat it 
five times, write it down five times day two. I'm going to give you some some, uh, understanding of the breakdown of this prayer. And then just (laughs) re-listen, re-listen to this recording so you can get a clear understanding or do your own research. And day three, I want you to see if you can write it down on your own without looking and write it down and whatever you can't get, write it down five times. If you can't get it, still write it down 10 times and then try again. And then by day four, that's test day. That's the day you get an accountability partner to see, you know, if 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 you got it right. Now, listen, I didn't mention this, but I thought about it earlier when I was thinking about what we're going to do. There's so much that God has placed on us uh, at the beginning of this year, and it makes sense because we got to we got to start strong so that we can finish strong. So, one of the things that we started out doing, we started the fast on December 13th, and we're ending our fast tomorrow. Tomorrow is the end of our fast, and and so I wasn't perfect throughout the fast, but my God, I consecrated and prayed, and and and, and we did what we did, and we're going to pick up. We have more opportunities to, to fast again. So the second thing that God has given us is the 30 days of praise and prayer. 30 days of praise and prayer. So we're going to have noonday praise and prayer where we're going to come together and I have a structure of how we're going to pray. Each day we're going to praise God for something specific. And so we already have it outlined and I I shared it uh, in our little group. And I hope that you all can follow us any days that you can join, any days that you can't, don't even worry about it. And then finally, uh, today, with the prayer watch, God put it, put it on my heart uh, to do it yesterday, but I am starting it today, and there are eight prayer watches. And so, after I finish with this, I'm going to uh, share with you the breakdown of the Lord's Prayer, and then I'm going to share with you some instruction around the prayer watches, and then we are, go- we are going to pray. We are going to pray. Amen. So God is putting this on us not to tax us, but I'm telling you, the more we're in his presence, the more power we have and the better our lives will be. God is a good God. He's a real God. He's a true and living God. And he got a great work to do. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. If I'm mama, if I'm sister, if I'm if I'm auntie, if I'm whatever, sister, whatever, don't look at me. But hear the God in me because this is God ordained. He knows what he wants to do. And we're going to start strong and we're going to finish strong. He's got a great work for us. And we have got to do what he has called us to do. Amen. All right. So where was I? So we were talking about the Lord's Prayer. And so I admonish you to try to commit this to memory. I gave you some techniques that helped me when I was a child. My father gave me the this blueprint, and uh, if it helps you, so be it, and, and use it with other things. But day one, you want to write it down five times. You want to recite it five times. Day two, you want to get that definition. Day three, you want to see how much you've retained and how much you can do without looking at it. And then if you can't do it right, do it five times. If you can't do it the second time, do it 10 times until you get it, all right? And then day four, you get an accountability partner to come with you and say, hey, 
let's let's see how well we've done. Now, I am willing to be any and everybody's accountability partner. And this journey is not about one-upping each other, uh, anybody being above or beneath anybody, because God is taking us through his pace. He is laying the same foundation for each and every one of us. So having an accountability partner is just simply somebody that you trust, that you know you can be transparent with, that you don't have to be ashamed with, that you can just say, hey, I got to get this. I, I'm, I got to get it because <laughs> the way we've been doing it, uh, even in the body of Christ, it ain't working. Mayor, can you turn that, that heat down for me because I'm getting a little hot. All right. So anyway. So the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer, this is what we're talking about. We're going to break it down. And I have an outline breakdown from One Life Church, One Life Church. And I love the way that they did this, and I thought it would be a good supplement for us. So I'm going to take you all through this. And prayerfully, uh, it, it will be a benefit. But the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So the disciples came to Jesus because they saw the power that he walked in. They saw the demonstration of the power and they noticed that there was one common denominator that Jesus rose early to pray and that he constantly prayed. And not only that, he had just come back from being on the mount. So they knew that there was something to this prayer. So they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. So he gave them that prayer. So here is the outline. So our Father, uh, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is the first bullet point. That is that is uh, when y'all do y'all outline, do y'all do Roman numerals? I know uh, we used points. to bullet points. Yeah. Okay, well, we, we we used to do like Roman numeral, like one and then one A, one B, one C. Y'all ain't do that? Y'all do that? Okay, all right. So Roman, <laughs> Roman numerals. So I'm going to do the Roman numerals because that's how they have it set up here. So the first... Um, So the first Roman numeral is our father. And this is for those who want to write it down. But again, I will give you uh, a copy of what what I have. Uh, Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So Roman numeral one, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Roman numeral two, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. This is the binding and loosing. Roman numeral three. Give us this day our daily bread. Roman numeral four. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Roman numeral five. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
And lastly, Roman numeral six, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And so the reason that I followed the outline that they provided is because when you structure your prayers, when you structure your prayers, you want to leverage the same structure. Hallowed be thy name, giving honor to God, giving reverence to his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, binding and loosing. You're binding in earth what has been loosed in heaven. And here's something that a preacher said one time that really stuck with me. He said, when you, when you say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if you think about heaven, everything in heaven is perfect. Everything, there is no sickness, there is no illness, there is no brokenness, there is no sorrow, there is no pain. So when you say thy kingdom come, he, you're, you're saying bring your heavenly kingdom into the earth that what, ha- what happens in heaven will manifest in my life here in the earth. I'm telling you, that was revolutionary for me. Once I realized that, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, so anyway, the next one, give us this day our daily bread. You're requesting from God something from him. You are declaring your complete dependence upon him to give to you what you need. Forgive us our debts. We're asking him for forgiveness and asking him to help us to forgive our debtors. We know that if we don't forgive others, uh, God won't forgive us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need him to save us each and every day. We need him to deliver us and acknowledging, making a declaration by faith. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For we know and acknowledge that it is impossible to please God without faith. All right, so our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All right, so here, picture Calvary. Calvary, where Jesus cried, I mean, died for us. When Jesus gave his life for us, and thank God that we can call him Father by the virtue of the blood that Jesus shed on our behalf. So in other words, we were a lost cause. We were a lost people. We did not have connectivity to God because we were not reconciled back to him. But because of the blood that was shed on our behalf, we are grateful and thankful that God has allowed us to have our sins uh, paid by Christ. Hallow the name of God. Hallow the name of God. What does hallowed be thy name mean? That means giving him all honor and glory for his name. Let me see if I can get something to say. Uh, it better. Uh, let me see. Yes, really. <laughs> to pray, hallowed be thy name, means to ask God to let his name be worshipped, exalted, honored, and adored on earth 
as it is in heaven. It's to ask God to so move and to act in the world that people will worship and treasure him above all else. Come on now. So hallowed be thy name. And, and so here in our guideline is showing the correspondence with five benefits of the new covenant that was given uh, to saints when we committed to Christ. So the five benefits of the new covenant. So we want to hollow the name of God corresponding with the five benefits in the new covenant and make our faith declaration. So the five benefits were uh, sin, being being, um, redeemed, sickness, security, spirit, and success. So the benefit name meaning uh, sin, Jehovah Tishkanu. Jehovah Tishkanu. If y'all know the names, and we got to study the names of God. Jehovah Tishkanu, meaning the God of righteousness. Jehovah Imkadesh. Imkadesh, meaning the God who sanctifies. So the benefit of the cross, meaning that Jehovah sanctified us through his righteousness by the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ. The second benefit being the redemption from sickness and illness. Remember, we were saved by his stripes. By his stripes, we are saved. And what that means is every every time he got whipped, (laughs) we got a healing. We were healed from his sacrifice. So sickness, Jehovah Rapha, meaning our healer, God, our healer. And another benefit, the third benefit, security, security. Jehovah Nisi, being our God, banner of victory. And Jehovah Roah, our God, our shepherd. He is our shepherd. And you know, a shepherd is a provider. He provides for us. He is the source of our supply. I don't care how you get it. All good things come from Jesus. It comes from God. Amen. All right. The other benefit is his spirit, his spirit. So we have one, two, three, four. The fourth benefit is his spirit. Jehovah Shalom, our peace, our God of peace. He is a God of peace. And Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. He is everywhere all the time. He is all knowing and he is all powerful. He is omniscient and omnipresent. Amen. And then number five, the fifth benefit is success. Jehovah Jireh, the God our provider. So all of these benefits we have access to. And so when we say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We are saying, hallowed the name of God related to the five benefits of the, the, the sacrifice 
made on Calvary that saved our soul through righteousness who sanctified us. Our healer by his stripes we are healed. Our banner of victory, our shepherd, he is our peace. He is who is there. He is everywhere all the time. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And as saints of God, we have access to each and every one of these benefits. Amen? Amen. All right, so the second bullet point, number two, is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This invokes the principle of binding and loosing. And so when you pray this prayer, you want to be conscious of our nation, our state, our city, our county. I'm telling you, there is power. There is power in prayer. And as saints of God, as children of God, as sons of God, we have the power and the authority to shape change in our community, in our nation, in our state, in our county, and in our city. What good is it to know that we have power if we don't have the ability to employ that power when it is needed? So that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we're asking God is to draw down from heaven into earth. Let your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. We want to replicate what is going on in heaven here in the earth. We want to replicate it in our nation. Even though we're seeing so many things happening, we're we're seeing things happening all around us, legislation that is being passed, things that are happening in our communities, crime and, and evil and detriment that is happening to our people. We are seeing those things. But God said we have the power and the authority. And if Jesus said it, if he told his disciples to pray this way, and he said, greater will you do when I leave, if he gave us his Holy Spirit to do greater, then we can depend on him. We can depend on him when we call on him to bring his kingdom into our nation, when we call on him to bring his kingdom into our state. Come on now, we got to know what power and authority we walk in. His kingdom into our county, into our city, into our neighborhood, on our block. I don't care what happens. We got the power to walk and call those things to be not as though they are and to know without a shadow of a doubt that God will do what he said he will do. The power that we have to bind and loose ain't just in our head. We walk in power and authority, but we must invoke that power. We must employ that power through our prayer. Also, as we are binding and loosing, we got to consider the church praying for our pastors as God has taken me on this journey to to pastor and I know that I know that I know that God has called me to his people he has called me and I feel so honored but we need your prayers we need your prayers when I well never mind we need the prayers and we need to pray for our spiritual leaders we need to pray for our spiritual leaders that God's kingdom come and his will be done missionary or missional 
of family pastors and leaders, all believers of our church and our ministry, lost people that are surrounded by our church. One of the things that we need to pray and seek God for is the burden of his heart. What is your burden concerning this ministry? What is your burden concerning this community, our uh, nation, our city, our state? What is your burden? Because we ain't just here to just be here. We are here to do the work of the Lord, to be about our Father's business. And in addition to feeding his sheep and making disciples, we have a responsibility to serve the community and the region that he places us in. So, okay, so our kingdom come, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, considering your family and also ourselves, amen? So he gave us this breakdown, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we are to hallow his name to give him reverence and honor because of the blood that was shed on Calvary. We are to hallow hallow his name, that his name be worshiped, exalted, honored, and adored on the earth as it is in heaven, as we correspond with the five benefits of the new covenant that was created when Jesus shed his blood, the covenant of our soul salvation, sickness being relieved and redeemed, security, the spirit of God being with us, our comforter being left behind, and success through Jesus Christ being our soul's provider. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The ability to bind and loose things uh, in the earth as they are in heaven concerning our nation, our state, our county, our city, our church, our family members, and ourselves. Amen. And so bullet point three talks about give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. This is where we have the right to come before our father, just like a child comes to their parent and asks for what you need. <laughs> asks for what you need. God will give you and grant you the needs that you have, but sometimes you have not because you ask not. What Jesus was teaching the disciples is that you ask them, give us this day our daily bread. That tells me that we need to seek him daily for nourishment and to feed us and to nourish us and to give us what we need. How do we do that? Getting into his word. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So we need to get into his word, that we will know his word. That's the daily bread. Get into his presence that we can hear from him. That's the daily bread. Asking him what we have in need. I mean, what we stand in need of asking asking God and not hesitating to ask him to prosper us, not for our own vain glory, but for his name's sake. Amen. All right. Bullet point four, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we come to God, she, she okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. As we come to God, 
and ask him to forgive us each time I pray. I say, Lord God, forgive me for every sin, seen and unseen, known and unknown, that we may come before you through your righteousness, because we ain't righteous <laughs> in and of ourselves, but through him, we are righteous. We are made whole. I remember someone challenged my prayer and my style of prayer one time and said, well, you don't have to ask God all the time to forgive you. If you, you know, asking and you ask prematurely for forgiveness, then you ask afterwards. But that's how I pray. And, tell, and let me tell you something, my prayers are effective. So anyway, <laughs> it lies up with the word. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. To ask God to forgive us, to forgive and help us to forgive and release others. To forgive and release others. Now, the thing about God is that when we ask for forgiveness, when we truly repent, and repentance is beyond just being sorry for what you have done, it is turning from your ways. So when we ask for forgiveness, we are repenting of our ways. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, Turn from their wicked ways, then shall I hear them from heaven and heal their land. Amen. So we are turning. We are not just asking for forgiveness for the sake of asking for forgiveness. We are turning from those things that we know grieve the Holy Spirit. So we're asking him to forgive us. And when he forgives us, he places our sins in a sea of forgetfulness. He forgets the sin. It's as if the slate has been wiped clean. And at the same time of forgiveness, let me teach with balance, there are things that we sow into our lives that we must reap. There are things that we sow into our lives that we must reap. Now we've forgiven. He don't forgot it, but you still got to reap. But there are often times that God will give you grace to endure if you must endure, he will at times give you amnesty and just resolve the situation. Or other times you just got to fully go through it. You got to just go through it. But I don't know when those times happen. That's why it's good for us not to see it because I don't know. We don't know. And only God knows. But he will forgive us and place our sins in a sea of forgetfulness, meaning that the slate is clean. Your salvation has been solidified. You good to go. You're going to spend eternity with him, but there may be some reaping that you may have to do. What's coming to mind is, you know, because I deal with this drugs and, and alcohol use, and when we ingest poisons into our bodies, and I'm going to take it off of drugs and alcohol. It could be anything, uh, overindulgence and, and food or, you know, things like that. And we turn around and we get delivered and we ask God for forgiveness and we repent of these things. But then we've torn our bodies up and we still got to reap. I start having kidney failure, heart disease or lung issues, you know, things like that. But God can come in and heal us from that. Or sometimes he won't. But anyway, what was I talking about? Okay, forgive us. <laughs> but also asking him to help us to forgive others. To be able to forgive others uh, 
it's a challenge sometimes, especially when people prick your flesh. But over these next 30 days of praise, my prayer is that God will help us to be able to let it go. Let it go. Help us to forget. I've heard that people say you can forgive but not forget. Sometimes you need to forget some stuff in order to just forgive. Because if it keep recurring in your mind, you done forgave them this time. But next time you think about it, you right back at, at square one. So we're going to ask God to help us to be more like him where he forgives and he forgets. Amen. Uh, trusting God and not man. That's that's what that's what makes it so um, easy to do. That's what makes it so easy to do because we're not trusting, we're not putting our trust in the individuals who have hurt us, but we are putting our trust in God to say, God, if you told us to do it, (laughs) you must know uh, uh, the way and you're going to protect us so that we can do it effectively. So we put our trust in God. All right. uh, What was the last point? Uh, yes, asking God to set our will to forgive those who sin against us. So forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Oftentimes it's preached that if we don't forgive, God will not forgive us or he will forgive us at the same measure by which we forgive. Amen. So forgiveness is very important. All right. So bullet point five, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil each and every day, each and every day. Even as important as it is to ask for forgiveness, it is important to ask God to lead us not into temptation and deliver us from all evil. We know that we are constantly under spiritual warfare. And if we are not on the defense of it, we ought to be on the offense. We are always constantly in warfare because the enemy is unrelenting. He is trying to win this battle that he's already defeated from. But nonetheless, he's still (laughs) trying to succeed. And we ought to know that even if we don't fight, the fight is still on. So learning how to fight spiritually, knowing how to, to apply spiritual principles that help us in warfare will be beneficial to us. Putting on the whole armor of God, putting on the whole armor of God, meaning the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the lo- our loins being girded up with truth, uh, girded about with truth, our feet showed with the gospel of peace and the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Also asking God to put a hedge of protection around us. And so over these next 30 days, like I said, we're going to have noonday prayer for praise and prayer. We're going to be praying like we normally do every day at 7 a.m. Me and Sierra right now, we get on that prayer line and we pray and we intercede for the family and we pray for situations. I'm telling you, join it. God is going to give you some power. Noonday prayer. And then Tuesday nights, Tuesday nights, we got prayer. We're going to be more faithful. We're going to be more faithful. Last week, I got to Wednesday and realized I missed Tuesday. I got to Friday and we realized we missed Thursday. But this week, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, keep us in check 
so that we won't lose this. We need power. We need power. We ain't going into 2023 like we did 2022. We, we, that was the year of the flesh. Now we are in the spirit. We're in the spirit. Uh, this is the year of completion. All right. So finally, finally, uh, <coughs> bullet point six, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory making the declaration that God is all-powerful, all-controlling. Everything is under his divine, sovereign control. And so nothing, absolutely nothing that happens to us is outside of his knowledge. And so we employ the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. But thine king, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory is a declaration by faith that we trust God above all and anything. And we want to return to praise and worship. We want to turn to praise and worship of God, praising him for who he is. They say when praises go up, blessings come down and worshiping God, of worshiping him, honoring him, acknowledging him, being in awe and fear of who he is, is something about it. So that is the breakdown of the Lord's Prayer. We're also going to learn as we continue through our uh, chronological journey, we're going to learn about the uh, Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle uh, um, that was built to reflect uh, the uh, relationship, the relationship that God had with his people. And so we're going to learn about how the Ark was built and, and different things, but I just want to give us a, a brief uh, um Breakdown so that we can use that also as a supplement to our prayer. And like I said, if you need an outline of prayer, memorize the Lord's Prayer. As I just gave you the breakdown of each of the elements, I'm not saying that you got to pray it like that. But if you add, if it, you know, when when you get a, a um, uh, what you call it, a recipe, when you get a recipe. Sometimes you got to, you know, tweak the recipe to your liking, you know, but, but nonetheless, the recipe comes with instructions and ingredients. So all I'm giving you, just like Jesus gave his disciples, are the instructions with the ingredients. Now you can tweak it however you want, but to also supplement that is learning how to pray by the tabernacle, because there was something about that, something about how they uh, uh, entered into the presence of the Lord. And again, in second Chronicles, uh, chapter, uh, seven, verse 14, the word of God says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Heal their land. What, what God is saying here to the people, he's saying that if you 
because you are called by my name. Your identity is in me. You belong to me. You are my people. He put ownership there. He said, are called by my name. So no longer do you have your own identity. You have my identity. If you will just humble yourselves, release that pride and your ego and all of those things that keep getting you bound up and caught up in situations that you find yourself. If you will just humble yourself, surrender and come and pray to me. Seek my faith, my consonance, my providence. Come and seek me and not others and turn from your wicked ways. We talked about that. Repent of your actions and not just being sorrowful. Turn, turn, turn. Then will I hear from heaven. He's going to hear us from heaven. How many know we sit under an open heaven and we serve a merciful and a God who is intimately involved with his children? He said, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive your sins. Forgive your sins. When he forgive our sins, he does what? Put them in a sea of forgetfulness and heal your land. Heal your land. Some of us, the, the, a land may represent job situations, may represent marriages, broken families, broken relationships, desires unmet. Some of our lands may be, you know, just a, a wish or a desire to be married, a wish or a desire to, to be promoted or, or have more influence and things like that. He said, I will heal your land. But you got to turn first. All right. So anyway, so the covenant, the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle prayer, they begin with the outer courts, the outer courts or, or what they define as the brazen altar, the cross, and it provided salvation, healing, redemption uh, from the curse, redemption being redeemed from the curse, the curse of sickness and, and, and death. Uh, the Holy Spirit and provision and provision. And then the laver, the laver was in the outer courts, the outer courts. How many know that the outer courts is how you enter in, how you enter in. It was a cleansing and preparing. It was, it brought forth repentance from any known sin. And again, the tabernacle was something that was leveraged in the Old Testament. It was leveraged in the Old Testament and the priests were responsible for uh, uh, governing uh, the, the tabernacle. And so we're going to learn about the Ark of the Covenant and how that was rebuilt uh, as we continue our chronological uh, review. But anyway, the, the uh, laver is the cleansing and preparing. You couldn't get into the inner courts. You couldn't get into the inner courts until you cleaned yourself. So repentance from known sin, offering our bodies, offering our minds, uh, and reflecting the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And Galatians 5, uh, verses 22 through 23, the fruit of the Spirit, which, which would get us into the holy place, the holy place, which was represented by uh, uh, the candlestick, which, which in the Old Testament was symbolic of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Isaiah 11 and 2, it talks about the seven spirits of the Lord. The first one, the spirit of the Lord. The second, the wisdom of the Lord. The third one, understanding of the Lord, counsel of the Lord. The fourth one, uh, the might of the Lord. 
and uh, the fifth, the knowledge of the Lord, six, and the fear of the Lord. These are the seven spirits of the Lord. And so the candlestick in the tabernacle represented the Holy Spirit that was to come. And then also the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, love, the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 8 through 10. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go. Oh, you need me to pull it up? Yes. If you can go to Galatians 5, chapter 22 through 23, and I want you to read those for me. And you can do it in whichever version you like. Chapter 5, which verses? 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, love, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So when you think about the tabernacle, the tabernacle similar to what we have today, right? The church, we come into the church and, and then to the sanctuary. The sanctuary is the place where we reverence God. And so in the Old Testament, they had the tabernacle. So what we're learning is the, uh, the outline of how the tabernacle was built. And in order to get into the tabernacle, you had to come through the outer court. And the outer court was represented by the brazen altar. That was the first way that you got in. And it provided salvation, healing, redemption from the curse, the Holy Spirit, uh, and provision, and provision. And so you had to cleanse yourself and prepare yourself in order to get into the holy place and ultimately to the holies of the holies. Amen. So you had the, uh, the laver, uh, which was repentance, right? From any known sin, offering our body, offering our mind and the fruit of the spirit, which you just read the fruit of the spirit. And so when we talk about the church, now, if, if the truth be told, if we talk about the church, this this is the setup for real. This is this is how with any church that has an order of service, any church that has an order of service need to acknowledge this structure and this order because guess what? If it was good then, it's good now. If it was good then, it's good now. So a lot of churches take prayer out of the the uh, primary focus of their uh, worship service, they go into all this other stuff like praise, dancing, uh, sign language, I mean, not sign language, what you call it, that miming and all that stuff, you know, taken away. And, and, and I love, I love the word of God. I love hearing the word of God preach. I love hearing the word of God minister, but I believe that the reason that there's no power in the body of Christ today, like it should be, is because we focus so much on giving people a platform to get up there and preach that we ain't praying like we ought to. We're not focusing. And so what the tabernacle, what the sanctuary, what that represented was the coming into the presence of God through the brazen altar, which provided for us salvation, healing, redemption from the curse, the Holy Spirit and provision. And we had to, in order to get there, just like anything else, you can't come in, you can't come into my 
my sanctified space dirty. You got to at least wash your hands. And we're going to learn that when we get into Leviticus. But we ain't there yet. We still in Exodus. Well, well, if we get back to Bible study like we should be. But anyway, but you got to wash yourself. You got to cleanse yourself from, from sin. You got to offer your body as a living sacrifice. Give up your mind and function and operate and emulate the fruit of the spirit that gets you into the holy place. And in the holy place, the first thing you're going to encounter is the Holy Spirit. The first thing you encounter when you come into the holy place is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in Isaiah 11 and 2, it represents seven spirits of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is wisdom, his understanding, his counsel, his might, his knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And also the gifts of the Spirit. Now go to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 8 through 10. For to one is given by the spirit of the word of, I mean, sorry, for the one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge by the spirit. So hopefully this is where we stopped off, but if not, I'm telling you, y'all better come because God has given some revelation. Y'all better come so y'all here in real time. But this thing that cut us off, I didn't realize we had gone past the hour. And it only allows you to do an hour or to cut you off. But anyway, we were talking about uh, the uh, tabernacle prayer. The tabernacle prayer. And the tabernacle is what in the Old Testament was used to to, to sanctify and to come into God's presence. And so we talked about how in order to get into the tabernacle, you had to come through the outer courts and the outer courts would take you into the holy place. And ultimately your goal is to get to the holies of holies. And so we talked about the outer courts having the blazing altar and the blazing altar representing the cross, the cross that Jesus shed his blood on Calvary, and it provided for us salvation, healing, redemption from the curse and the Holy Spirit, and it gave us provision. And then once you got uh, past the blazing altar, then now it's time for you to cleanse yourself so that you can prepare to go into the holy place. You can't get into the holy place except through repentance of sin, offering your body as a living sacrifice and offering your mind and operating in the fruit of the spirit. And so we got to the holy place, uh, uh, which when you get into the holy place, there are several things in the holy place. But the order of entry is when you get into the holy place, the first thing you see is the candlestick. You got to turn the lights on. And then next you have the table of uh, shrewbread. And then finally you have the altar of incense. So the candlestick represents the Holy Spirit. The table of shrewbread represents the word, the bread of life. 
the altar of incense were represent worship, incense, worship going up, a sweet, sweet smell going up to heaven. Amen. So we learned that when we were talking about the candlestick and once you get woke, right, then now you can operate in the seven spirits of the Lord, because now you can have the spirit of the Lord, his wisdom, understanding, counsel, uh, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And then we read the um, gifts of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10. But I wanted to read them again, and we read it in the King James Version, and I hope we have it with Mary reading it. But if I go back and we don't, then I'm going to do an insert and let you read it from the King James. <laughs> but if not, uh, we, we got the message. And so the word of God says various God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. So go back to what is God's spirit? Go and read Isaiah 11 and 2. It talks about the seven spirits of God. The spirit of the Lord, his wisdom, his understanding, his counsel, his might, his knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And so the gifts of the spirit, uh, God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. You have wise counsel, clear understanding, simple truth, healing of the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. Now, see, a lot of people look at that scripture and they think that, well, if you got the gift of wise counsel, then you ain't healing the sick. Or if you can perform miraculous acts, then you ain't speaking in tongues. If you can't interpret tongues, then you can't distinguish between spirits. I'm telling you, it's a lot of foolishness in the church. But the word of God says all these gifts, that the only thing that's common amongst these gifts is that they got the same origin. But God hands them out to who he wants, when he wants, and he does it one by one by the Spirit. And he does it, and he decides, rather, who gets it and when. So you can operate in all at one time. You can operate at at one at one time. Somebody can never operate in it throughout their life. But nonetheless, God decides. But anyway, the point of this is that the candlestick, you got to turn the lights on when you come in the tabernacle. We're still talking prayer. We're still talking prayer. When you come in from the outer courts, you have to come in and praising God and thanking him for the salvation and the healing and the redemption from the curse, the Holy Spirit that he has given us, the provision that he has given us, cleansing yourself. Give us this day. I mean, uh, um, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Father God, I worship you. I adore you. I thank you for your salvation, your healing, your redemption from the curse, your Holy Spirit, your provision. Uh, 
Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we come into your presence, we're repenting for all of our sins. Forgive us, Lord God. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Turn the lights on. (laughs) Turn on the lights. Let us see ourselves so that we can walk in your word and in your will. The table of uh, shoe bread. The word of God asking for fresh revelation of God's word. Give us, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evils. Give us revelation through your word. The altar of incense, the worship of God, worship of God, worship the names of God. We got to get into the names of God because it's something about the name Jesus. It's something about knowing that you have Jehovah Rapha, that you have Jehovah Nisi, that you have Jehovah, uh, what do we learn? Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Raya, Jehovah uh, Nisi, Jehovah Imkadesh, uh, Jehovah Tishkanu. That's what I was looking for. Jehovah Tishkanu. It's something about knowing that you have Jehovah. Uh, and going back to, we, we talked about the lever in uh, 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 the outer course, that's like a bowl, like a like a sink. You know, when you come in, you wash your hands, you wash your stuff. That's what they had, and I'm gonna share with y'all how this how this look. But this is the model for the prayer that we pray, and it gets you into the holies of holies. When you come come to God and say, "For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory," you're at the mercy seat of the ark. You're interceding for your family members. You're praying for your spiritual family, for your pastor, for your uh, uh, family, uh, for your church members, for your government officials, for missionaries. We were talking earlier about, you know, just uh, 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 what did we say? Honduras is that what we? Honduras and how they're living over there and how God can use the ministry to bring just just uh, hope, hope to people. Uh, we don't know what God is going to do. You know, missionaries, unreached people and spiritual targets uh, for harvest and, and lost people, lost friends, lost loved ones. But anyway, I'm going to share this too. I got excited about that. <laughs> that revelation about the tabernacle. So we have our supplements. Uh, we have our foundation or framework for prayer. If you don't know how to pray, listen, don't try to pray like I pray. Don't try to pray like nobody else pray. Pray the way you pray because then that'll give you the power that you need to pray. The only thing I'm going to admonish you to do is to learn and memorize the Lord's Prayer. And when you're learning and memorizing the Lord's Prayer, ask God for a heavenly language that only you and Him, at times, you won't even know how to interpret it. Utterances that only He can understand. Ask Him for a holy, heavenly language. And it's no pressure for you to perform for nobody. When He does it, He gonna do it. I just want to encourage you the way somebody encouraged me when I first began to speak in tongues. I was babble, babble. Babble, babble, babble. Didn't know what I was saying, but just like a little kid, when they start talking, they start babbling. But the more they talk, the more they, you know, start, it, it develops and it becomes more pronounced and more profound and more uh, understandable. And like I said, with the with this heavenly language, sometimes you won't understand it, but the Holy Spirit does. And it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you and using you. So ask God for a heavenly language 
language, speaking in tongues. Learn the uh, uh, Lord's Prayer. And if you can't pray nothing else, if you can't pray nothing else, just pray the prayer the way that it's prayed. But build the framework around your prayer using the Lord's Prayer and then the order and structure of the tabernacle as a supplement to help you to pray. And like I said, if churches will go back, if they'll go back to what what we used to do, which, uh, you know, growing up in Church of God in Christ, that's how we, our order of service was built around the tabernacle. You come into his courts with praise and honoring him, hallowing his name, giving him reverence when you come into the sanctuary through the outer courts. And then you cleanse yourself. God, we we ask for your forgiveness for all of our sins. We ask that you will wash us and cleanse us and allow him to do so. And then we get into that holy place, that holy place that we start out with, turn the lights on, that we employ his Holy Spirit and we, I mean, we, we, we exhibit or we, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not employed because we want to employ, we want to, we want to drench, drench ourselves. We want to, uh, uh, immerse ourselves. I think that's what I want to say. We want to immerse ourselves in his spirit that we become We become him. We become his spirit. We want to immerse ourselves in his spirit that we will be able to employ the gifts of his spirit because the word of God tells us that all of these gifts are originated through him. And we want to ask for fresh revelation from his word and praise him. Give him praises, an altar of incense. That means that uh, incense smells good and that smell, that aroma goes up. So giving up our praise, up our praise. And finally, getting into the holies of holies, getting into the Ark of the Covenant, interceding on behalf of our families, because now we are in the inner courts. We are in his presence. We are there with him and we can ask for those things that we desire, believing that they shall come to pass. All right. So I wanted to give that foundation uh, because, again, like I said, God is taking us somewhere. He's building that foundation, so we got to get it together. But as for tonight, and we are 30 minutes, 30 minutes before the end of our first watch. But I just want to give this because I definitely have a prayer uh, for the first watch. And then we're going to go into the second watch. And I just want to encourage everybody, everybody to um, to join us, to join us as we, as we go into this prayer. All right, so the next segment, I'm going to break the segment up. The next segment, I'm going to give instruction on the, uh, the prayer watches. And then once we get done with the prayer watches, I'm going to go into prayer. Amen.